Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Lance and Holly, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Lance and Holly. Okay. Well, here we are again. It seems like uh, old times. All right. So it's uh, it's been a minute, but not as many minutes as the previous delays. So, uh, so we're doing better. How's that feel? I feel like we just did this. <laughs> well, that's the, that's <laughs> so yeah, you'll always feel that way, especially if you released late. Um, because if you're a day late, two days late, then suddenly you're turning right around. It's been a week, so it, it actually hasn't, but that's the way that it feels. So, so yeah, that right. is, that is a thing. So, um, we just actually, um, uh, did a thing. We went and saw Pat Benatar. Oh yeah, we were. So, I was like, "What did we do?" <laughs> we just got home. Like, yeah, just got home. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know why you you're uh, forgetting. But what'd you think of the concert? Yeah, I thought she was great. I mean, she's definitely old, <laughs> but I thought she was great, and I felt like she had a set of pipes on her that I. You yeah. say she's definitely old. I. Looking at a picture, I would never have guessed. She's 69. I totally would have thought, well, I, w- I would have saw, said like 59 or something, but that would mean that she was barely a teenager when I first was watching MTV. So, um, so I knew she had to be older, but I didn't, I had no idea. She looks fantastic. Yeah, she does look fantastic. She's, wow. Um, and, and, you know, you got the tickets to the show and and I, I was not against going i really didn't know a ton of her work but i'm always game to go see a concert so um come to find out she married her musical partner i guess in 79 or something no because it's only the 40th well they they started together in 79 but they got married in 82 because this was their 40th anniversary but 43rd in music so looking at her pictures, though, did she must have had ortho or teeth removed because it's like her lower part of her mouth is caved in. Uh, some people just have a, a shorter upper lip, so they tend to look like, kind of like look at Napoleon Dynamite, and he just looks like or Taylor Swift. They look like that. Their their lips are never closed, so they always have this kind of open mouth. Okay. So it's it. It's a look. It's not like a cleft lip, but a not, not even like a hair lip. But it's. But it's she's super cute. I mean, yeah, yeah and she, she still belt it, and that was great. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Honestly, so then you know everybody in the crowd is old. So as soon as it, it ended, like a bunch of people made a beeline for the doors to to beat traffic and try to. I mean, I saw one person have to be assisted down the steps every... Oh, yeah. I mean, whole, I mean, I was feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> we were freaking young in the crowd. It was like going to Cheap Trick all over again. Yeah. So, um, but then they came out for an encore. <laughs> and so you had a bunch of people standing in the aisles going, well, shit, I don't want to go home. But so they stayed and watched. They came out with Helter Skelter and they belted Which that. I felt like that was a really weird choice I, of a song. Yeah, it was. I was not expecting Helter Skelter, you know, classic Beatles, but you two did a great cover as well. But 
I, th- I thought it was, they did a fantastic job. Their final song was Love is a Battlefield, but they, they merged or morphed into Ring of Fire and then finished with uh, um, Love is a Battlefield. That, that was a really, really cool, really well done. And I uh, decided to, fuck it, I didn't want to drive home. So we had a hotel downtown and uh, made, a, made an evening out of it. Yeah, which was way nicer than having to drive all the way home. Yeah. So, so I, 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 uh, I felt inspired to, uh, to be able to wake up late and then just go get a nice breakfast at Lola's and then uh, head on home. Not like we live very far. I mean, it was what twenty minutes. Well, no, it actually took us. <laughs> well, way traffic was stupid tonight today than it would have taken us last night. I was like, motherfucker, it's yeah. taking me forever to get out of the city. Yeah, it would have been much easier to get home last night, but I didn't want to. So, so that was that was really cool. But you know, it was it took forever to to get home. Um, and and you made a comment that I thought that w- was really funny as, as we're looking around and you were just kind of bitching and and all i i thought of um the only thing that came to mind oh yeah <laughs> some of the homeless shit that was everywhere yeah, I, I, well i'm trying to figure out i'm like so is it kind of like the wild west where i found an empty parking lot so i'm claiming it as mine that's pretty much the shit that's happening here in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, Seattle has become... And I love when other people w- want to argue with you and, and we're talking about observations. They're like, oh, Seattle's not that bad. And you're like, fuck you. Where have you been? You've been to the, the Hilton or yeah. the Hyatt or the W all within a half of a block radius. Yeah. And you haven't left your hotel because you're actually too afraid to leave the hotel. Yeah. So you're like, it was beautiful. Yeah. You're See, that was a fucking fine. idiot. You're like, um, you clearly didn't see all the heroin needles. You didn't go walk down the alley to get you back to your car. You didn't get accosted Because you did anybody. an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> you basically walked around the city with blinders, which is what I would say all the millennials tend to do when it comes to voting t- season. Oh, yeah. we're just going to pretend that this isn't happening. Yeah. Th- there's a reason that Seattle still looks like a freaking shit show. So anyway, so that was, that was us. That was, um, uh, our, our, our evening and, um, we're, we're home and, and, and just chilling like a villain. But Holly, this is an advice show. Okay. <laughs> this is a show where we um, like to find uh, think questions and situations that we find in um, like places like Reddit. Reddit. Um, we do all of the. Uh, well, I find things on all the social bullshit. So. Okay. And we answer questions that uh, Gordon Christensen cannot answer. So. Please, people that are listening, both of you, send us an email or a text or find us somehow to um, give us a situation or, or ask a question that we might be able to handle or help you with directly or specifically for you. So, um, first situation that that guy got brought up, we, I mentioned it a little bit, but I didn't go into too many details with you. Was, uh, there was a, a group on Facebook um, where the, they're mostly people trying to be fee-for-service. And there are people that um, are very anti 
uh, fee for service. They they they're in bed with the PPOs, and they think you can't survive without. And and that's fine. They 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 do fine just fine with it. Some of the most successful dentists I know are business owners. Are business owners that are not dentists. Right. So. Um, like I have a friend that runs a DSO. So seven, many locations, um, clinically not special, uh, but more successful than some of the most talented clinicians that I know. So if, if you're wanting to have the most net take home, uh, PPO engagement's not a bad way to go, um, but you, there's certain consequences for, for that. So this is a group that's dedicated just to fee-for-service. So they don't want advice on maximizing PPOs and, and things like that. They're just um, wanting fee-for-service. But what, what seems interesting to me is a lot of people, uh, I, I, it seems from the group that there are people that have been associates, so they, they've got some experience under their belt, but they didn't like something to do with insurance. And so they, they knew that when they went on their own, they were going to be first fee for service. And so a person had they clearly haven't worked with any kind of coaches though, because not a single coach would be like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You won't have to do anything. <laughs> well, it, it depends on what coach as well. Um, because uh, some coaches will coach you towards that. So this one, and I'm sure she's not a listener. I've done that. I'm, I'll just read their, their scenario because I kind of pissed them off a little bit. So, so this person says, I opened my fee-for-service startup dental practice July 20th. So here it is. It's not even a month or is it? It's a month. Exactly a month. Uh, today is the 20th. So one month in, I have gone against a lot of advice. Okay. Right, right there is probably why you're in the situation you're in. Okay, I've gone against a lot of advice and stuck to my guns on this. And I have had so far one patient in my practice. So how's that working out for you? Stick to your guns. It's And it was probably his mom. <laughs> we are not getting a lot of calls. We have visibility as we are right by a Starbucks. I see people walk by, but hardly anyone walks in. Almost all of the calls we've gotten, the patients have insurance and most are just not on board. I have had one cash patient call and she just went on looking for every discount under the sun. Are you having a grand opening special? Do you do teacher discount? Do you do X discount? I don't want to give up on doing things this way, but I need to find a way to bring in patients sooner than later. I've read a lot of advice on here and listened to a lot of the podcasts. Clearly not ours. <laughs> we had our first mailer drop at the beginning of this week. It was supposed to drop sooner, but got delayed. I've been doing some paid Facebook ads. I joined the chamber and try be, and I'm trying to be involved, but it's hard. I am not super outgoing. I have my website and branding, I think, focused and consistent. I just don't know how much time I should give, for example, the mailer before I try something else. I'm happy to make an investment for an ROI, but I don't want to do too many different things at once or put too little into too many things that isn't effective. Any advice is welcome. And that right there is bullshit because any advice is not all welcome because you didn't like some of the words I said. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot to unpack here. There's so there's a lot to unpack. And there just, I wonder how this, per this doctor would feel if somebody read this to them. Mm -hmm. Because part of the reason we see all these red flags is because we aren't them and you're uh -huh. reading this. Uh huh. But maybe they should read this to someone because it clearly there's just, first of all, you're not outgoing. 
then this is that, not, <laughs> this is not the path for you. Yeah. Because if you're not charismatic and engaging and a, a shitload of other things, you may get them in the one time, but you're not going to keep them. Well, and, and it, the, so some of the comments, I mean, this, this, this generated 200 comments. So this, this was a big discussion that went on. Um, but they, and they said that they did have a consultant, but that coach was a PPO person and they didn't really understand them. Okay. You, they weren't, to me, they weren't ready to open the doors. If they didn't have, I mean, you really need to do my, my experience. Now I don't have an experience with the startup. So Clint would be the better person to talk about startups because he did it once, maybe twice. Um, but in my understanding is you should be having the direct mail piece, the mailer and everything should be out like three months before you start. Yeah. Your phones should be lit. The second your flyer goes out, once your flyer goes out, you start to book for when you open. Yeah. So, so that when you open, you actually have a schedule that's full. The build it. It's not field of dreams. So if you thought you just open the doors and people are going to walk on their way to Starbucks and see you and go, oh, well, I'm going to go. Gonna that's go bullshit. Get, that was the na- most naive expectation ever. So well, if you're listening, sorry, this is the, the harsh is truth. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, most of the people going to Starbucks, they already have their routine. They've got their, they're only trying whatever. to get their coffee. They're not coming to the, they're not like, Hey, it's a good idea. Let's get a, have a dental cleaning right now. Yeah. No, they're getting coffee. Now they might see it getting their coffee. And then two months from now say, you know what? There's a new dental office next to where I get my coffee. Maybe check it out because they have to have a reason to, to go in. They have to be disgruntled with what they've got. So they, they're not just going to drop everything because something's new. Um, the, the problem was that they, in their initial post, they didn't explain anything. Like what's, what city are, are they, are they rural? Are they the only game in town? Yeah, but didn't they, didn't they, eventually we asked. got that. Yeah. Okay. We, but they just didn't start off with that. So how are we really supposed to answer? We all needed more info. Number one, it's a totally different thing. If you're in a, a city, uh, a town, uh, let's just say a 10,000 person town with nothing for miles. Because it's one thing to be in a town that is, you can't really tell where the border of your city becomes the next city. Because he, here in Seattle, where there's a city nearby Kent, Kent becomes Federal Way, or if Kent becomes Tukwila, or Kent becomes Renton, you can't really tell unless you just know that, well, this Kent starts here. Right. So the advice with that is, is would be somewhat misleading because they might say, well, I'm a, in a town of only three other dentists. Yeah, but you're actually part of a metropolitan area and you have a hundred other dentists and it's not a population of, of 10,000. It's really a metroplex of, of 500,000. You know, there, there's so many th- things that go along with this. So they eventually told us that they were in a small town in Texas, but they were uh, really only a 20 minute drive to San Antonio. So, you know, a lot of people probably live there and commute to San Antonio. Uh, people, generally speaking, for their normal, just general dental needs, they either go where they live or where they work. So that needed to be explored. Uh, are you a bedroom community or is there industry there? If there, um, if there's industry, but they have, what type of benefit package does that place have? Like, is it Amazon? Well, Amazon's going to have their set stuff. If you're going to try to compete with Amazon's benefits, you, you, 
definitely need to be offering something. Well, and you also need, well, you have to know your audience. And if your audience in your town is a whole bunch of, um, God, what's it called? My mind just unions. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, pretty girl. That's not going to work because they think they're going to get everything for nothing. So you need to know your audience before you set up shop. You should have looked into where you're building your practice and gone over all the scenarios in your head. You know, what? why would somebody want to come to me and pay, you know, $200 for their routine care versus the $39 that is going to be down the street and their insurance is going to cover that a hundred percent. Yeah. So nothing out of pocket because they don't, they don't look at it as what its value is and then what got covered. They just look at how, did, how much did I have to pay that day? Yeah. Was it free? So they think it's a free cleaning, even though, no, there was insurance that, that paid in and, and covered costs and subsidized and, and whichever. Um, my friend, Matt Standridge, uh, shout out to Matt. Hey, um, he said at first, he says, I'm going to, uh, wait till morning and then I'm going to unpack because, uh, it, there was a lot, um, a lot to go in there. So I'm scrolling right now to try to find Matt's answer. Cause I, I then kind of chimed in and then the original poster didn't really love, uh, my comments. Um, I, yeah, it's just, but so I've talked to different patients cause a lot of our patients pay out of pocket, you know? And my question is, why do you come here? Other than the ones that just love me, it's a thing. But um, they're like, well, I like the fact that I'm with one person the entire time that I'm in your office. I And I don't ever have Dr. Timmerman getting up and leaving in the middle of a procedure. He takes care of everything, gets in, gets out, gets done, whatever. I can come on my lunch break. I can, you know, I can get off work early and I'm actually going to get home early because my dental appointment didn't take 10 hours. But how many of those people, they didn't come to me originally for that. They just discovered it after the fact. So we wouldn't, because we don't market that. They don't then call us up because of the individualized attention. So the, the consultants and the marketing people are going to tell you, um, you need to have a unique selling position, a USP. What's your unique selling point? And this person said, oh, my unique selling point is, is I talk and I, I'm compassionate. Well, you can't market that. The, yeah. No one's going to call because you're nice. Because people that want someone who's nice and compassionate, they're calling them a therapist. <laughs> exactly. Now, that's important to do with your existing patients for them yeah. to tell people. And eventually, you're going to get people coming because of that. But as a startup, you have to have some reason for them to pick up the phone. So you're, you're, if, if your website just lists the basic services that every single office offers, there's nothing compelling to make them pick up the phone and call you, especially if it's going to cost them money because they can go to the guy down the street. So, um, I'm looking to see if I got deleted because I can't find my comment. So anyway, Matt says this. He says, uh, first off, what is your location, both of your office and your geographic area as a whole? You say you're next to a Starbucks, so you're not very rural, but what size of city are you in? What's the dentist-to-population ratio, and how close is, it, close is your nearest competitor? Second, what are you doing to set yourself apart? 
what do you do you do any advanced services do you have a super high tech practice are you a super gp are you heavy on building a relationship best practice centered around co-discovery now co-discovery means you're going to look at the photos and, and, and records with them and say well what do you see right and and try to get them involved in it not just saying okay i you came to me and i see I, you got to do this that's just being told what to do and uh the volume type places will do that but our, I, I'm like Matt, where it's co-discovery. Uh, any or all of this. Do you have more convenient office hours? Uh, I wholly believe that fee-for-service can work in a variety of situations, but it needs to be done tact- tactically and not haphazardly. There must be a plan, and you must have a unique selling proposition, USP. There has to be something that differentiates you from those that are in network. If you don't have those figured out clearly, that is the very first thing to work out. The very next thing is getting clear on how to convey that to potential patients. Just remember, at the end of the day, hope is not a strategy. And I, and I comment, I say, I see this a lot. Just refusing to take insurance is not enough. Uh, I think a lot of people just say, when I open, I'm just not going to take insurance. Well, then no one's going to stay, you know, uh, unless you're offering something that insurance really doesn't matter. So we're, our focus right now is implants and all arches of, of rest- restorative. Insurance doesn't really help. It, it might take, uh, pay a couple hundred dollars towards the records and, and whatever. We're going to max out almost immediately. Yeah. So they just, most people don't even, they got a coupon and it's great. I'd love to use it, but they know that they're paying for it. Um, so that's, that makes us unique. That's our u- unique selling proposition. That's not all we do. So we have to market those other things as well. So this person said that they're in this city in Texas, um, population of 6,000, but it's just outside of San Antonio. So to me, that's not a population of 6,000. No, that's you're, huge. You're in San Antonio, second largest city in the state of Texas. And it keeps getting bigger because they don't, it's not from population increasing. It's because they just annex cities nearby and it now becomes their city. Right. So I don't know the city well enough to know how much of a drive uh, of, of nothingness between this city and San Antonio. Because there needs to be a, a good portion. If of there's nothing. not nothingness, then you're part of San Antonio. Right. So um, they said, uh, I'm in a shopping strip with Starbucks, Cricket, whatever that is, uh, a cleaners, realtor, and auto zone. It's about 17 dentists to around 26,000 population for the surrounding 4.5 mile radius. The nearest competitor is right across the street, but it's a Pacific Dental office. Don't knock Pacific Dental. They're, they're doing very, very well. So you might want to learn something from them, even if it's not going to be the yep, insurance. Attention. They're doing a lot of things right. So... Um, I am advertising oral sedation, nitrous, and atmosphere slash relationships slash compassionate customized care. That, that one confuses me. How do you market atmosphere? They, honestly, they don't give a shit. Now, they, have, they expect a good atmosphere, but they think no matter where they go, they're going to get a good atmosphere. Yeah, they didn't know they had to pay for it. Exactly. So, compassionate customized care. They think all the other dentists are as compassionate as each other. They, they hate us. So don't think anybody's compassionate, but they're, they're not coming to you. They're not going to pick up the phone because of, uh, I want a compassionate dentist instead of that asshole down the street. So, uh, I don't think you've got anything compelling. So I'm, I haven't looked at their website extensively to see what else they, they offer. But if, if you're just like anybody else, you're not going to get the phone call. They're just going to go next door because it's convenient. Yeah. I mean, you might get all the people that work at Starbucks. You might get the people that work at Cricket and the Allstate agent. And just because it's super convenient for them, 
but that's basically it. So you, I'm, I'm assuming you have a job someplace else that you're still an associate with. So you could at least have so your or bills you took paid. Or you out a huge loan and you're basically living off of your loan right now. Because you're going to, if you didn't have the phone ringing off the hook before you opened your doors on uh, uh, July 20th, you're going to have some lean times for, for a while. Yeah. It's not going to be a quick while. It's going to be a while, while. So, and you're now heading into the end of the year, which is everybody use your insurance benefit end of the year. Yeah. We're getting on this that. This is not the time Coming of the year that. to be, um, thinking everybody's going to pay cash for it. Yeah. And now with the economy, the way it is and interest rates and everything, it's not a great time to be doing a start. Clint started his, um, right in 07, right before the 08 crash. So talk about, he, he knows firsthand that timing can really suck, but he made it through and was doing very, very well. But it, it, there was a lot of lean times. So if you weren't ready for those lean times, I, I'm hoping you had a big fat loan that you're going to be living off of while it, it grows. Um, stick to your guns is fine. If you've got a tolerance for when, there's nobody in the office and you're sitting around wishing you were fixing something. Um, let's see. They said uh, that their hours really trying to appeal to patients with anxiety, which is a lot of them. The thing is I, I did my sedation training in San Antonio. I know there's a lot of providers in San Antonio that, that are marketing to anxiety as well. And the place I went to, they take all the insurances. Yeah. So anxiety isn't unique enough to get, I mean, you better be doing anxiety and big cases or anxiety and whatever, because someone comes in for anxiety when they find out they have to pay extra to get the filling because you're going to be doing conscious sedation, conscious IV or oral. Uh, either way, there's a fee. Yeah. So um, uh, we've had calls mostly around that. Okay, good. We are open until 60 30 p.m. one day a week to accommodate later and start at 8 a.m. one day to accommodate earlier. What time are you normally starting? I mean, we, we start at 7.30 every day. So yeah. if you're only doing 8 a.m. one day, you start at 9 the rest? Are you starting at 6? Because that, that's their early, trying to get the accommodate the early people. Okay, And then we are open until 3.30 on Friday, which most offices here are closed on Fridays or close earlier than that for Fridays. Uh, I just updated my website to have a tab about our savings club, but otherwise we've had it up and this is it. And then they post their, their website, which can give you more of an idea. The compliment I always have gotten as an associate in reviews and in person is how I take the time to explain and be thorough and also really considerate and patient about their comfort slash anxiety. Um, I, I hate to break it to bills. you. That's not that uh, unique. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been in the places where they don't spend time hardly at all, but that's, that's not compelling. So then they responded to me. I definitely didn't just refuse to take insurance and cross my fingers. It actually sounds that way. Sounds exactly that way. So you everything thought about it in your head, but you didn't do anything to prepare for it. Yeah. Everything I have done has been re very researched. Okay. Um, look at the results and then tell me that it was good research thought out and carefully planned and executed. Uh, you know, none of the, that they've shared sounds carefully planned and executed. Otherwise, you'd have the fucking phone ringing. Well, yeah, if it was carefully researched, you may have carefully paid somebody who you thought researched it, but this is not researched. 
Yeah. I used a consultant too, but they were used to consulting PPO practices. Okay, so your careful research led you to a very fucked up conclusion. Why would you ask a PPO consultant to, to coach you on a fee-for-service? That's just moronic. Uh, and they really wanted me to go that route. Well, you know what? At, at, at this point, I think they're right. You probably should be joining some PPOs. The, the other problem, though, is joining PPOs isn't an overnight result. Because you can join the PPO and still the phone won't fucking ring. Because the, the, the purpose, the, you're going to be listed on their website. You're going to be on their printed materials. All that stuff is past tense. You, you're not on it. So join it or don't join it doesn't matter. No one's going to, the only reason to join a PPO, it's a form of marketing. It's the, nothing more than a form of marketing. Very expensive form of marketing because you're going to have to do things at much. I saw one PPO, you were laughing at that one fee schedule or they want $600 crowns. I think we charged more than that when I was in dental school 25 years ago. Well, when we bought the practice Jesus. 23 years ago, we did. Yeah. So, um, but obviously there's more I can do. I just want to be smart about it. Well, well you've okay. already not, accomplished been, not being smart. I haven't been, which is why I think fee-for-service doctors are going to be some of the best people to ask from personal experience. Well, okay, but, you know, I think you... Should have done all this before you open the doors. Um, then they asked if they did uh, placed implants and ortho, and then they, they didn't respond. They, they responded. Because I said, so your unique selling point is sedation? And I said, my sedation training was in San Antonio in a very large office in Chavano Park that takes all the insurances. How many others near you do sedation? They didn't respond. They went answered everybody else. I think they realized I was going to shit on them. They, maybe they listen to the podcast and, and know very well that I'm going to shit on them. Well, it's just really foolish. And the sad thing is now it's too late. Now you have to fix yeah. the situation that you're in because now you owe money. Yeah. I, and they didn't say how, how big their team is. I'm assuming they're doing all their own hygiene. You don't have patients, so you wouldn't hire a hygienist. Uh, do you have anybody working for you? Because that person better be well compensated to stick around because they're going to see a sinking ship and go, I better get the hell out of here. Um, and it's already a tough time to find employees. So they, yeah. Well, hopefully they are smart enough to get on some plans until they can reevaluate everything. A lot of the advice was saying, Hey, you know, most people join a plan, get the patient base and then wean away from it. Yeah. Um, the only people I've ever known that didn't join and then wean, um, they had another gig going on. So they were yeah, working I mean, elsewhere for three days. You're working somewhere else that can take care of the bills at this place, then great. But that's not most likely the case. Yeah. This person's talking both sides of their mouth. Uh, I've been carefully researched. Um, doesn't sound like it. And well, with a lot of planning, uh, sounds like zero planning. The, if you had a lot of planning, the phone would already be ringing. Well, yeah, because you would have started this long ago. It wouldn't be a new concept of, oh, no, I've been open for a month and I've had one patient. You would have known that you weren't ready to open Yeah, it, and you wouldn't have opened yet. Yeah. You're, the whole point of being fee-for-service is so you can do, give better service and, and care to a patient. But if there's no patients, the, the, who, who the fuck cares if you're fee-for-service or... or yeah, this is, this is, a, um, and if you're not, that's the other thing. You're not a very outgoing. They said the very first thing, they're not, 
what was it? I'm not, not, I'm not super outgoing and I'm reserved or something. Something along those lines. That's the wrong type of, you need a partner that is outgoing. Yeah. You're going to have to have a way more charismatic person leading your ship. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like saying, well, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not much of a leader, but I want to be a leader. Well, then I'm not really a leader, but I don't want to have to pay someone else to be the leader. So I'm going to be the leader. Yeah. And if if you're leadership qualities can be learned, but you're, you you better be planning on it. So if you're not outgoing, you better be planning on becoming outgoing. So they joined the the chamber of commerce. How many patients a month do you think joining the chamber of commerce is going to lead to? It's not going to lead to shit. Yeah. And guess what? Off the bat, they have insurance. Well, everybody in those situations, they're expecting discounts. They, I yeah. joined the Chamber of Commerce because I, someone had told me years ago that you really should do this. They come to you that either they have insurance and or they come to you and they don't have insurance, but they want a discount they as if they... Deal. Every single person I ever got by joining the Chamber of Commerce. And, and we're talking maybe six. So you're, you're not going to grow a practice from that. Your, your practice growth is going to come from a lot of people shit on direct mail. Um, direct mail is great as a part of a strategy, not necessarily all by itself, but direct mail can be really, really good. Um, as long as there's a need, if you're in a saturated area, uh, and, and I'm sorry, San, a suburb of San Antonio, that's saturated. Yeah. You're competing with San Antonio. That's that's the hard thing because within 30 miles, people are willing to drive. If if that means they don't have to pay any money, they're willing to drive. And unless you're offering something really spectacular. Yeah. And I know that's not going to be a popular response, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right. So before we just keep heaping and piling on, I think, I think they got it. <laughs> the, a startup takes a lot of um, planning and this person really didn't. didn't. So, all right. All next. right. Next one. Let's, we're going to go with uh, Reddit. So on the subject of dentistry user, uh, the last subject one, two, three. Uh, so a dental assistant. So covering office etiquette. So this was, I thought was interesting. So I'm an assistant planning on becoming a doctor. How many times have you heard that one? Oh I, God. I don't mean to laugh the, at you, the but. The fact that you just <laughs> said that in a public forum just <laughs> tells everybody you're never going to be a doctor. I mean. That's like all the guys that we dated at BYU that were like, I'm pre-med. Oh, you're going to be the Sunday school teacher? Okay. Yeah. Pre-led, pre-med, pre-law, pre-dent. That, that's just assuming that whoever you're saying that to is clueless. That doesn't yeah. know that everything is, is that. pre-med, pre-dent, pre-law. Um, anyway, uh, and was wondering what your office etiquette for covering patients is. An office's doctor had COVID, and so we saw their emergency patients. We did emergency pulpotomy and obturated since we had time for it. To my surprise, the associate told me to no charge it, and when I asked why in private, he said the owner said it's basic etiquette, which I found to be incredibly unfair. He agreed since he had just spent two hours for no production, but said that's what the owner said and said in the future when we need it, they'll do the same, which I don't really understand. Is this common practice? No, (laughs) it's not. It's not. So the very first comment uh, was from Wade DMD. So I don't know. I don't think that's Wade, my friend, because I don't think he usually is. uh, There's more than one person named Wade. And I don't think he's a DMD. I think Wade's a... DDS, but he goes, no, that's common stupidity. 
So I responded, um, no, that's stupid. However, the courtesy is to just get them out of pain, not do definitive work. So in this case, open the tooth and medicate, but do not obturate. So don't spend two hours. It should be 15 minutes. You charge for the limited and palliative. So I think it's stupid for that office to not charge anything. Right. Because they showed up. They You took time out. You you did them a solid because you were available because the other office couldn't see now, them. if you're stupid, the other guy's wife, then maybe it's common courtesy. But other than that, no. Uh, um, okay. So, um, but yeah, I think that the, I can understand why the associate would be upset. They just spent two hours. Now they're not going to get paid for it. That's, that was dumb. Well, the, it doesn't sound like the associate is upset. It sounds like the assistant is upset yeah, because he, I, they probably work off of commission or some kind of bonus system. And now there's no bonus in that wasted period of time. Probably. And that is stupid. The stupid thing is spending two hours. Why you would do that is beyond me. Um, like I had people uh, when we were years ago, someone covered for me and then the a patient came in afterwards and they had a crown on a tooth. I had planned to crown. I was like, wait, what happened? Well, you were out of town. And so they did. And I was pissed because that crown should have been mine. Well, there was, that's not an emergency. We actually also now do it much differently where it kind of, COVID kind of put it in the context of any patient that's going to need to be seen is going to need to be an emergency, Mm -hmm. which would it be either an endodontist or an oral surgeon? Mm -hmm. So our on-call doctor is our endodontist that we refer to because we don't do endo in our office. Mm -hmm. So if a patient has to be seen, they'll go to the endodontist because that's where they would go anyway, ways. Mm -hmm. And they will either take care of the endo or they'll let the patient know this does not look like it needs to be endo. It looks like it's got a root fracture. We're going to now send you to the oral surgeon or Dr. Timmerman will see you when he gets home. As long as it's painful. I mean, because if it's not painful, it's not an emergency. But but most people aren't going to go to an oral surgeon or an endodontist. Right. Because they're going to call and they're going to say, hi, this is Dr. You know, office. Um, what's going on? We're taking over. We're covering for Dr. Timmerman. And right. But the, the point is that nothing should be done. The, Correct. It, but you also need to be a little bit smarter about who your on call is. Because if it's going to be a guy who is going to steal your patient. Right. So that that's why it's, it's always a little bit of... Uh, trial and error until you find out, okay, I can't put you on call because you're a dick and did definitive work. You uh, did the crown. You didn't just adjust the cusp. If someone cracked a tooth, if someone came to me and they were and I was covering for somebody and they had a cracked tooth, I'm going to take that tooth out of occlusion. Uh, If it's bombed out, I'm going to open it up, get them, get them numb, open it up, put some CMCP, something in there to, to get them out of pain. And that's it. So it's going to be a grand total of 15 minutes. They're no longer in pain. Now, when your doctor gets back in town, he's going yeah. to do whatever. Any other, any other office doing anything other than that? Fuck you. You just stole money from my office. So yeah. we, you know, no endodontist is going to try to steal money from a referral source because there goes uh, their referral source. Most specialists rely on the referrals. So... So this person, the, the associate must be new because why would you spend two hours without knowing for sure you're either going to get paid or you were donating. You're just being nice because you had t- two hours to kill. But it doesn't sound like the associate 
cared. He was like, this is just common. Well, he courtesy. said he agreed. If the person said it's unfair and the, the associate agreed. Okay. So, so, and so two hours, no production. Yeah. You should never have done that without knowing in advance that, that this was going to be no production or the owner should give you the equivalent. If the, the, what the product they would have paid you, they should just say, okay, we're paying you. And Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I I was at an office once, and I did a, a sleep appliance for the owner's father, and they they come came to me, but they didn't explain what exactly they meant. They just said, "Hey, just so you know, my dad doesn't have insurance." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, it's a cash fee, then." You know, that is what it is. I finish, and then they I didn't get paid for it. I'm like, "What happened?" Oh, that I told you, my dad doesn't have insurance. I'm like, "Great, not having insurance means nothing." If you were trying to tell me that there was no money involved, then at least then I would understand. And then at, at that point I would tell you, do it yourself. Yeah. You, you, charity. If you're giving something away, it's coming from you or you're asking me, will you do this at no charge? And then I can tell you, no, I don't do shit for free. So I, I quit that day or within weeks because I was bullshit. So anyhow, I think we should stop right there. That's a, so before we, I keep ranting and going on and on about our stupid colleagues and, and naive assistants that think they're going to make it to become a doctor. I mean, some do, but it's really, really rare. Uh, if you're going to be a dentist, you, you're, you're already on that path. So uh, it's not like becoming a... I mean, I, how many times have I had assistants that said, uh, just so you know, I'll take the job, but I plan to become a hygienist. Yeah. I've never actually had any of them move on. No, we had one. She, she got into a hygiene program. One out of like 20 over the past 25 years has have moved on. Because they usually find out that, shit, this is a ton of work. They're trying to work full time and then take classes at night. That never works out. It's, that's, it's a very competitive program. And so you better have the best grades. So it was, and the one that got in, she was one of the dumbest assistants I've ever had. So feel bad for the office that ever hires her because I guarantee she's not going to be any better as a, as a hygienist. So anyway, done for rants. All right. Um, Holly, if someone actually had a question and wanted to contact you, how would they find you? Globetrotter Grub and Winterferences on Instagram. Okay. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter as uh, DR Timmerman DMD. Um, you can find our, uh, Instagram winterferences. I actually, we have a Twitter winterferences as well. I don't think it's been months since I've logged in to even see if there's anybody commenting or, or anything like that. So I probably should log in. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm really shitty with all the social bullshit. So, um, so don't judge me, but, um, anyhow, uh, figure we should. Did you have a um, song you wanted to? No. Okay. Because I didn't know we were doing this, so I wasn't even prepared. I'm trying to do a little. All right. So f- we should go out on a on a positive note, right? So yes. I always like covers. I like p- other bands that uh, take even their own song, but do it different. Like Pat Benatar last night, she did uh, one of her songs kind of as an acoustic singing. Yeah, I didn't the... like that as much. Didn't you? Oh, I, I thought mm-hmm. it was great. Uh, which one? I can't remember which one it was. It was, it was nice. It's just something different. So, um, so this week I thought, you know, Hey, remember the band, but way back in 97, remember Save Ferris? No. Okay. Well, they, uh, covered a great song from the eighties. Come on, Eileen. So, uh, Save Ferris is, it was kind of a ska version of Come on, Eileen. It was 
That was a lot of fun. So for Holly Timmerman, this is Lance Timmerman. Peace. Love you.